debt to income. The debt to income ratio, this is a topic misunderstood by 99% of our clients, by the majority of the public. And sadly, it's misunderstood by a very large number of mortgage brokers as well. Canada's debt to disposable income, it's an important word, we'll come back to that, uh, the, the ratio is 183% at this time. In 2018, it was 185%, uh, which would give some of us perspective, you would think, on whether or not there is a pandemic-induced credit bubble. Um, there isn't. There isn't. I mean, the stat is right there. 2018, debt-to-income ratio, 185%. 2022, debt-to-income ratio, 183%. Pretty sure 183 is lower than 185 end of story. But under the heading position yourself as an expert, um, well, here, here follows an excellent way to do so. Explain this metric that's used by the media and politicians to create fear by doing what? Do the math. Do the math. Okay, we're going to do the math together here. So the day's income uh, pardon me, today's debt to income level is 183%. What does this actually mean? I stopped putting this question to people in live settings. I stopped asking them if they could explain it and articulate it uh, because I think it tended to make people feel really uncomfortable and, and, and maybe like oh, a little bit dumb and never make your audience feel dumb. That's just a bad idea. Um, luckily today, my audience is a camera, but hopefully, you know, everyone's kind of alone in their own space and I'm not making anybody feel dumb because I'm not asking anybody to come on and explain it. So I'm first going to tell you what it isn't. Because recently, this way was the way it was explained by someone very high profile who should know better. Uh, it just like it just pains me. It pains me. They're dead wrong in how they explained it. So a debt to income ratio of 183 percent does not does not mean that Canadians are spending a dollar 83 for every dollar they're earning. That is flat out wrong. It's not a spend to income ratio. It's a debt to income ratio. And debt and spending are two different words that mean two different things. And again, like just think about that concept that this individual with a bajillion, you know, TikTok followers put out on their TikTok video. Think about what they were saying. Do the math. Do the math. Canada has had a debt-to-income ratio in this range for nearly 30 years. Has median Canadian family income, has your family income, has any family ever earning, say, $100,000 a year, spent $183,000 a year, year after year after year for 30 years? That's how that's... Like, no, it doesn't even make any sense. It's not a thing. Like, Okay, if you're making 100 grand a year, maybe you got 80 grand worth of room on credit cards and line of credit, and maybe you could spend 183 grand in one year, but you wouldn't be able to pull it off. A set, well, maybe you refinance, but you're not going to do it for 30 years straight. So, that, like, this is not what it is, right? This is not a thing. It's not a spending to income ratio. It's a debt to income ratio. So, debt income. First, let's talk about debt. Which debt are we talking about? Overwhelmingly, we're talking about mortgages. Total household debt in Canada, according to Google, uh, as of December 2022, is 2.8 trillion. 2.07 trillion is mortgage debt. Non-mortgage loans total $730 million. And most of that, I haven't dug deeper and got the exact number, but for sure the majority of that is automobile financing. 
A much thinner slice is high interest credit card debt, which by the way, isn't really that impacted by the Bank of Canada movements, neither down nor up. I mean, credit cards are just 20%, period. Um, but again, mortgage debt, mortgage debt, mortgage debt is overwhelmingly what is being talked about, followed by car loans, which a massive amount of those went out at 0% interest or 1.9 or 2.9. And here's the thing, 40%, 40% of Canadian home owners are clear title. They don't have a mortgage of any kind, and they pretty much don't have any kind of debt to speak of, right? Those are the grandparents and the great-grandparents largely. Of the other 60%, 80% of those 60% of homeowners with a mortgage, they're in fixed rate mortgages. The remaining are in adjustable rate and variable rate mortgages, but they all, they all, nearly all had to qualify at 5.25% interest rate, a 5.25 qualifying rate, which, which now they're more or less effectively at. So now, only just last week, December 7th, the majority of these folks have mortgage payments actually accounting for 39% of their gross income. Um, this is not a crisis. This is not a crisis in the making. It's a crisis for some, for sure. Dozens, hundreds, maybe a couple thousand uh, households across the country, but not tens of thousands and not hundreds of thousands. And look no further than real estate listings this spring. See if they pop above the 10-year average. That would be an indication that people are getting out of the market because they can't afford to stay in. That's the debt story. That's the debt piece. All right. There's some, some I think, useful information about the type of debt we're talking about. Overwhelmingly, it's low interest mortgages. Overwhelmingly on fixed rates. Overwhelmingly at 50-year record low rates. All right. Let's talk about income. Here's the interesting thing about income. When I say $100,000 a year, what are you thinking? You're thinking line 150, you're thinking gross income, as are nearly every other person who hears debt to income ratio, who reads the debt to income story. The word disposable almost never pops into those stories. It's after tax income. It's after tax income, not line 150. So in terms that we all speak of, in terms that we all think of, the debt to income ratio is not at all what we think it is even once we understand the basics. So this is not a story of a household with a $100,000 income carrying a $183,000 mortgage, which itself would be utterly anticlimactic. No, this is in fact the story of a family with a $147,000 annual income carrying a $183,000 mortgage. That is a household with $8,333 cash in hand after taxes and deductions on the first of the month. And if they're in an adjustable rate mortgage today, their payment is about $1,200 a month. If they're in the 80% or so that locked in, say a year or two ago, their payment is around $700 a month. Damn, that's tough math, isn't it? If the entire $183,000 is all 20% interest credit card debt, which is what like a lot of people like to think and imagine, which is totally asinine. But even I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Let's go to that household. $183,000 in credit card debt at 20%. Their interest payment's $3,200 a month. So in other words, the family with 183% debt to income bracket has either $7,100 and $33 left over, $7,633 left over, or in the extreme example, 
$5,133 cash in hand left for groceries, insurance, and gas. I hope they can get by. I mean, come on. How many families have $183,000 of the credit card debt? There's a few. There's a few, but not that many. Canadian households owe, owe $1.83 for every dollar of after-tax income. And that's just not a big deal. It isn't. For some at the outer edges of the spectrum, it is. For 90% of Canadian households, it just isn't a thing.